Well, hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Whitfield Report for 2020. Happy New Year everyone and welcome to the Season 5 premiere. I want to thank you all for joining me so much. We have a great podcast ahead. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a uh, fun one to kick off the new year. I have some announcements to make regarding the future of this podcast, and then I'm going to be doing an in-depth review of the the new Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker, which I have some definite thoughts about that. And then I'm also going to be doing a fun review of The Mandalorian, which is the uh, Disney Plus series. I've reviewed that before on previous podcasts. But I'm going to be going over the whole series, not uh, individually by episode, because that uh, will take a long time. Although, if you guys want me to do uh, an episode like that, let me know, Uh, tweet me, uh, and uh, or contact me on the website. You know, get in touch with me and let me know if that's something you're interested in. Uh, But this is just a general uh, overview of the Mandalorian and where I think. Star Wars is headed in the future. Uh, So without further ado, uh, after these uh, commercials, we will get the uh, podcast started. And uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Chip Miller, who uh, did our uh, new intro music for uh, the Whitfield Report. So I'd like to thank him for, uh, you know, doing the music. And, uh, you know, Chip, it sounds great. So thanks for the music, buddy. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's the uh, premiere episode of the Whitfield Report right after these messages. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Whitfield Report and Happy New Year to you all. Whenever you're listening to this in the uh, past, present, future hour or watching live on YouTube for the premiere, I want to thank you all very much for joining me for this uh, special premiere edition of the show. As I said once before, Happy New Year and it's great to be back. Uh, Contact info as as usual to start off the new year. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SemW underscore NDC, hashtag Whitfield Report. You can also follow the Whitfield Report on Twitter at Whitfield Report. I don't really uh, tweet anything out other than show links, you know, or podcast uh, episodes on there. So again, follow me on Twitter at SemW underscore NDC. You can follow me on Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield. Uh, the SamWhitfield.com is my website and Facebook.com forward slash 
Whitfield Report. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, please give the podcast a five-star review rating, and uh, please leave us your comments. It really helps us out. Um, so, happy new year, late, happy new year, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, happy new decade as well. It's 2020, and um, I've been podcasting for a little over uh, a decade now, 12 years actually. Uh, come March 25th, that's my anniversary, and um, yeah, I'm just super excited to be able to continue to put out a show for you guys. It's been awesome so far, and uh, I really enjoy doing the show, and I hope you guys uh, still enjoy watching and listening uh, to the show. Now, this is pre-recorded, so, um, you know, if you're expecting to catch this live, I uh, I apologize. The show will be live on um, Saturday. And uh, before we get into today's show, um, which I will explain here in a minute, I, I want to uh, just make some brief uh, announcements. Um, so this year, I would like to announce that I will be uh, joined not full time yet. We haven't necessarily worked it out, but I will be uh, I will have a co-host um, for this show. Uh, on Saturdays, at the very least, maybe not every Saturday, but uh, as often as possible, we will be having Apex Gamma uh, co-host the podcast, and uh, the reason being is uh, Apex and I just get along great. Uh, he and I have a very comfortable uh, dialogue uh, with each other, um, so he's going to be joining this show, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit, a bit about everything, politics, uh, you know, uh, pop culture stuff, uh, you know, all the good stuff. And I'm sure as the election nears, uh, we're going to be covering that as well. And uh, so he's going to be joining me. Uh, and part of the reason for that is, is I mean, I, I do pretty well solo, but Honestly, talking uh, into the void alone in a room uh, sometimes can be difficult, even for like seasoned podcasters such as myself. And uh, like I said, he and I have a very good back and forth, so uh, he will be joining me as often as we can. I still have a few technical um, things that I have to. Uh, fix on mind regarding uh, Skype and the audio, uh, but I will get that fixed before Saturday's show, hopefully, and we should be on the road. Uh, so I want to make that announcement. Um, the other announcement it, I'm going to make is I'm going to try to have more guests on the podcast uh, in 2020. Um I don't want to uh, announce any names yet, but I do have uh, some confirmed guests already. I just don't know the specific dates um, yet, and some of these will be other YouTubers. Some of these might be people in the political sphere. I've actually got a couple of uh, independent filmmakers who are 
uh, interested in coming on the podcast to promote their uh, projects. So that should be interesting. And then, uh, as I said before, with this being an election year, uh, we'll probably also have some debates and some roundtables regarding the election. So uh, that'll be pretty exciting. Um, So that will be the Saturday show. As far as the Thursday show, uh, that is usually audio-only pod. That is usually audio-only. And uh, for the most part, I'm going to keep it audio-only. I want something, you know, exclusive for those of you that listen on the podcast. And, uh, you know, when I review movies, for the most part... Uh, you know, unless I want to play a clip or something, you really don't need the visual uh, part of it if I'm just doing commentary on a movie. Uh, also, that might be when I have, like, you know, movie-related guests and whatnot. So, um, you know, and also Thursday, it's not strictly related to movie. The Thursday podcast, as you know, is kind of, you know... My version of the Bill Burr, you know, Monday morning podcast where I just rant about stuff. And so, you know, that it's more free form. So, you know, Thursdays are going to be audio only, uh, you know, as usual. Uh, but, you know, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts um, or Spotify or wherever you uh, get those podcasts. And yeah. I think for now, that covers all of the announcements. Um, you know, just that, as always, uh, great to be back and great to have you here uh, watching and or listening. All right, folks, so now that I have the housekeeping out of the way, uh, let's get to what you all came here for, shall we? Uh, which is... I'm going to talk to you today about uh, Star Wars and uh, my review of the of the Rise of Skywalker, or rather the Fall of Skywalker, as uh, you know some people are calling it. And uh, I want to kind of give a review of where I think uh, you know the Star Wars franchise is headed, just in general. Um, We'll look some stuff up uh, here regarding what uh, Lucas kind of has and what Lucasfilm has in store. And uh, I'm not only going to be reviewing uh, Episode 9, I'm also going to be reviewing uh, The Mandalorian, uh, which I'm sure Apex and I will actually have a conversation about, about that a bit on Saturday and uh, we may disagree on some stuff there. He's not uh, as quite a fan of The Mandalorian as I am. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But nonetheless, uh, let's jump into uh, episode 9. So, uh, you know, spoilers ahead. Actually, before we do uh, spoilers, uh, I do kind of want to uh, just give my reaction basically and uh, and kind of give you guys my history and what Star Wars uh, means to me because I'm a uh, pretty hardcore uh, Star Wars fan. Um, Star Wars was actually one of was actually like the first live action movie I, I saw 
um, as a kid, uh, you know, I was about six or so when I first saw it, and uh, the original one, A New Hope, um, I saw the original uh, theatrical version on VHS before the special editions uh, came out. My mother uh, had the, uh, you know, the, the, the trilogy on VHS, uh, before the special editions came along and kind of ruined the films, uh, so to speak, just because they got so oversaturated. So I got to see Star Wars early on, uh, uncut, cut in all its glory. And, uh, you know, me being six years old at the time, and that being my first kind of live action, you know, movie with like real people. I remember it was, from what I do remember, I remember it was quite an experience. Uh, you know, the first time you see Darth Vader uh, walk through uh, the door in an, in A New Hope, and you you see him come through the the uh, the smoke filled uh, you know room. And, uh, you know, he's black clad and uh, armored and very scary looking guy. I, w- I was scared of Darth Vader uh, at six years old. I mean, he's a, he's a very menacing uh, figure, you know, so he's, he's a menacing villain. Uh, you know, that was one of the, you know, things that I remember caught me immediately. Um you know, obviously, Luke is the idyllic farm boy, Luke Skywalker, and you know he he's our he's our hero. And of course, you have uh, you know Princess Leia, the 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 uh, you know the damsel, not really a damsel in distress, but a damsel uh, nonetheless. And um, you know Han Solo, who is the fetching smuggler. He's kind of the cowboy of the. Uh, outfit, so, I start out off the movie, uh, you know, terrified when I was six or so, like, this is just what I, what I remember, I started off the movie, you know, terrified because of Darth Vader, but I really got into it, uh, you know, and by the end, I loved it, and, uh, you know, then I watched Empire, which was mind-blowing, the, you know, the, the realization that Darth Vader was, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker's father, like, at that point, when I watched it, it was, I think it was 99 or something like that, so, you know, and like I said, I was, like, six years old, you know, five or six years old, you know, so I wasn't on, on the internet, and even back then, like, there wasn't, like, a huge, uh, you know, there was a whole big internet culture, so a lot of kids my age and a lot of millennials who, you know, saw, saw Star Wars in theatrical re- release order, I think we were really the last generation to have that, you know, seek revealed to us and have it be mind-blowing uh, in its totality, you know, great twist. Uh, you know, in Return of the Jedi was... The epic conclusion, uh, you know, you get to see that 
Darth Vader is really the big, the big bad. This, uh, you know, Darth Sidious guy is, uh, you know, Emperor Palpatine. And uh, you get to see Darth Vader's uh, ultimate redemption and, uh, you know, the turn back to the light. And uh, so, you know, and this is all stuff that we know, you know, now, obviously. But I'm just, the reason I repeat all this is Star Wars was, you know, a large part of my child of my childhood and uh just very wondrous and magical for me the the uh the original trilogy is um i remember um after that i actually my parents actually took me to see uh the phantom menace which i think was uh in theaters at the time and you know again Darth Ma- Darth Maul, you know, big, scary, uh, you know, alien-looking dude with horns on his head, terrified the crap out of me at the time. He was, uh, you know, menacing, but, uh, you know, we had uh, Ewan McGregor as a young Obi-Wan Kenobi who... Uh, you know, was kind of like one of the first uh, actors who I really, you know, like paid attention to. Like, I wanted to know what his name was in, you know, real life. And that's kind of how I got, in, you know, to like learning about movies behind the scenes from, from an early age, too. Is, you know, my dad would kind of explain to me how, you know, those movies were made and we watched behind the scenes stuff. And, um, whatnot uh so you know episode one in the theaters uh you know i i like i like the phantom menace actually and i know a lot of people uh hate it and dislike it and yeah i mean it has flaws in it but it was my first star wars movie in theaters and i've i've seen that movie like 15 or 16 times i I still like to watch it uh you know, one thing you can't deny is, uh, you know, the duel of the fates and, you know, that soundtrack and, uh, you know, that ending lightsaber battle is really cool. Um, episode two came out when I was like in second grade. Uh, that was like a few years, you know, later. There was like a big gap between episode one and, you know, episode two coming out, and then there was, like, another, like, four or five-year gap between, uh, episode three, and, and Star Wars episode three, that came out, that came out, like, in 2005, I think, May 19th, uh, I do remember that, because, I do remember the release date, because, like, we had a big countdown, you know, to what that day was in my, uh, house, and also, um, episode three is pretty significant in my life because the year before that movie came out, my parents had gone through a, a pretty uh, nasty divorce. Um, and they weren't getting along 
real well, you know, at that point because the, the divorce was uh, pretty fresh. Um, but I had asked for them both to uh, take me to see Star Wars um, opening day. And, you know, even though they weren't getting along real well at the time, uh, they did. And, like, I, I have to admit, like, looking, looking back on it, I kind of get emotional a little bit thinking about it because, um, you know, like I said, they weren't getting along real well, but they were able to put aside their differences and their uh, bickering, and we were kind of able to go, you know, to see Star Wars as a, you know, quote-unquote family, you know, for the last time, uh, which, you know, really meant a lot to me. Um, so I bring all of that up just to say that, you know, Star Wars, it means a lot, it means a lot to me kind of, you know, in my, uh, personal life. It's one of the reasons I love, uh, you know, film and cinema as a whole. And, uh, you know, they're not perfect, but, um, you know, they're pretty, they're, you know, it, it created, it created the foundation of my childhood, uh, you know, growing up and it inspired me to use my imagination. And, uh, you know, I also made a ton of friends with, you know, Star Wars nerds and, you know, enthusiasts, my, uh, my classmates, you know, at school, we would all like read the Star Wars comic books in the expanded universe uh, Knights of the Old, the Old Republic came out, you know, that game. A, a lot of us played that and got into the whole expanded universe. Uh, you know, comic books, video games. Like, I remember growing up when I was in, you know, Cub Scouts and then later on in Boy Scouts. Like, my Boy Scout troop and I, we would get together at each other's, uh, you know, houses and we would play the original Battlefront, you know, on... Not the crappy, uh, you know, PS4 version of Battlefront, but, uh, you know, the original, like, old school Battlefront for the PS2 when it was still good, and uh, Battlefront 2, and, I mean, my God, we used to spend hours, uh, you know, playing Battlefield, uh, or Battlefront, I should say. Um, and when Revenge of the Sith... When 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 Revenge of the uh, Sith came out, I almost said Revenge of the Sis, but uh, no, that that came out much later. But when Re Revenge of the uh, Sith came out, like it was a big deal, uh, you know, for my peers and I because we all figured at that point that uh, Revenge of the Sith was the last Star Wars movie. Like that was it. Um, you know, George Lucas told the, the story that he wanted to tell in reverse chronological order. And we, we were all, we were okay with that. We had the E, um, we had the EU, the expanded universe, and it was good. Um, so going, uh, forward, kind of fast forwarding 
to my senior year of high school, actually, 2012, uh, you know, to 2013. That's when I graduated. Uh, late 2012, 12, we get the announcement that uh, George Lucas has uh, sold Lucasfilm to Disney. Uh, that's the big announcement. And we're going to be getting episode 7, like in 2015. Uh, now, there were a lot of people at the time who were skeptical of the Disney buy, and maybe they were right in hindsight. Uh, I'm willing to admit that. Uh, but I was hyped that they were going to be making, uh, you know, an episode seven, eight, and nine. I thought maybe they were going to borrow a lot from the, uh, you know, EU uh, movies out there. That we were going to get the, uh, you know, the story of, you know, Luke and his new Jedi Order. Uh, I knew obviously that they would have to, uh, you know, scrap some of what the EU had, you know, put out there in terms of like the books and whatnot, but by and large, I was excited, as I think a lot of people were, um, and actually, once The Force Awakens was announced, like, I actually got excited, and a lot of people don't remember this, but there was actually a, uh, a whole in JJ We Trust, uh, thing on the internet in like 2014 and 2015. People were actually legit excited about this. Uh, let me try and actually go to YouTube and find this, uh, you know, for you guys because it was, it was a real thing. People were actually excited that J.J. Abrams was going to helm The Force Awakens. Uh, this will come into play here later. Um, as I explained. So. Bear with me. Um, also I'm holding the mic. Because. I find that. The audio levels. At least on the video version. Are a lot better when I. Uh, do that. So. Anyway let's. Uh, let's go. Here. Shall we. Uh, let me open a new tab, YouTube, uh, obviously I'm not displaying my screen yet, um, but this will become clear in a sec. Okay. In JJ, we trust. Okay, so back in, let's see when the date in this. So there was a channel. Um, so there was a channel that I used to sub to uh, subscribe to, and I think I still do subscribe to this channel. Uh, there was a channel on YouTube called uh, Hello Greedo, and back on August 22nd of 2013, 
So six years ago, he posted a uh, video called NJJ We Trust, and it kind of started a whole movement over the hype uh, over the new Star Wars movies. So I uh, I want to go ahead and play this for you just to demonstrate that there really was hype for the uh, you know the new trilogy at the time. So let me switch over here and go full screen. Okay. So this is uh, NJJ We Trust. Roll the, roll the video. When I first heard that three new Star Wars movies were going to be made, I said, oh shit, here we go again with disappointment. But when the news came out that J.J. Abrams was going to be the director, I thought, wow, they're really taking this serious. Wow, I'm 100% on board. Wow, this could actually be fucking amazing. Star Wars is in good hands, great hands, the best hands, in my humble opinion, that the franchise could be in. J.J. Abrams is the man for the job. The only reason anyone would ever doubt that is because they don't know a thing about him. They just think of seeing the movie posters say, from the director of Star Trek comes Star Wars. Yeah, that's funny, but who cares? The guy is a bona fide genius director. He makes amazingly fun films and mystery box. Come on mystery box. Abrams understands what made the original trilogy so great, so memorable, so deep and beloved by millions around the globe. Sadly, though he provided the initial... Well, uh, you know, looking back here now in 2020, uh, you know, with all due respect to Hello, to, uh, Hello Greedo, who I'm not taking any shots at, by the way, um, you know, I, I respect him as a YouTuber, but looking back, you know, I'm not so sure that that was the case, looking back in hindsight that J.J., you know, didn't know what he was doing. But continuing on. ...creative spark, George Lucas never quite understood what made his creation so special. Abrams, on the other hand, he gets it. The banter, the charm, the warmth, these are all qualities that Abrams brings to every project he directs and writes. His Star Trek reboot is perfect. I walked out of the theater in 2009 literally saying, I wish the prequels were that exciting. Mr. Abrams on the off... The, the first Star Trek movie, by the way, I will say this... The first Star Trek movie that J.J. Abrams did was and is pretty good. Um, and I'm I'm not a Trekkie. I, I do like The Next Generation, but I've always been more of a Star Wars fan. But with that being said, the first Star Trek movie is pretty good. So I understand, uh, you know, the basis for the excitement chance that you happen to see this video, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for deciding to leap into the Star Wars universe. You, Kennedy, Kasdan, Arn, everyone who has creative input on the project is exactly what Star Wars is in desperate need of. NJJ We Trust is a global movement made up of fans of your work, fans of Star Wars, and fans of film in general. We have full faith that your abilities, style, and heartfelt passion will be precisely what we Star Wars fans have been craving since the credits rolled in 1983 as Mark Hamill gazed out at Yoda, Alec Guinness, and Sebastian Shaw. Thank you, and may the Force be with you, Mr. Abrams. Always. Paul Robinson, Sengeneth Wales, and JJ, we trust. Okay, so then they basically go into this whole, you know, promo video here, you know, of NJJ We Trust, and you guys get the idea. So, it's 
obvious that there was, you know, hype around this. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was real. People, people were genuinely excited about, um, you know, The Force Awakens and a new trilogy at the time. And I, I was one of them. I thought it would be great. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, Jay Abrams, he, he did a pretty good job with Lost. Yeah, the ending was a little confusing, but overall pretty good. Maybe we should have taken that, you know, the, the confusing ending of Lost as more of a sign here. But regardless, uh, like I said, I thought, you know, that this was going to be a good decision by, you know, Disney. So I wasn't really all that worried um, at all to be to be honest uh and then episode episode seven came out and i've i've got to be honest folks like i liked it i remember the big um you know one of the big uh complaints was that they played it safe um you know uh but overall, I thought it was a pretty good, uh, you know, thing. My my biggest complaint was, um, A, we didn't get enough screen time with uh, Luke Skywalker. That was my biggest complaint. Uh, you know, B, they gave Rey, you know, a little bit too much, uh, you know. I mean, I... I was definitely on, you know, the Ray is a Mary Sue train. Like, I, I get that, but I was... It didn't bother me as much then because I was hoping that they would kind of, like, explain it. You know, that, like, maybe she had, like, some mystic, you know, force power that we... You know, like, I was hoping that they would explain and actually, like, give a valid reason, you know, other than her being, uh, you know, just, like, amazing. Um, you know, and then... My my complaint in this is still one of my complaints to this day is about the character of Kylo Ren. Um, Kylo Ren uh, never really seemed menacing or scary to me. Um, as I mentioned before, when I was a kid, Darth Vader terrified me, right? Uh, Palpatine terrified me as a kid. Uh, Darth Vader, you know, uh, Darth Maul terrified me as a kid, right? Obviously, as I grew up, they weren't as, you know, they weren't scary as I grew up and matured, but right? Those villains were always, you know, menacing, though, at least. Like, it, it was, it was clear that they were the bad guys, and, you know, that they were, you know, legitimate threats. Uh, Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens was never really that menacing to me. He he seemed like uh, an emo kid, basically, like emo Darth Vader. And, uh, you know, maybe in hindsight they meant that to be the case, but it really... Um, to me, more or less seemed like they were trying to make him scare, but instead of that, they just made him like, 
I don't know, like a, like a, you know, whiny goth kid who wanted to be a Darth Vader fanboy. I mean, that's honestly all I can think, really, uh, as far as Kyle Run goes. Overall, though, I was satisfied with, uh, you know, episode seven. When episode eight was announced and they announced that Ryan Johnson was going to be director, I wasn't, um, honestly, I didn't know who Ryan Johnson really was when, uh, you know, I heard he was taking over for episode eight. Um, I didn't know who he was, uh, and I hadn't heard of his name. But the fact they were changing directors, you know, from J.J. to Ryan Johnson made me nervous um, because I was kind of like, well, J.J.'s an established guy. He did a great job with The Force Awakens, uh, you know, so who, so who's this guy and, uh, you know, what is, what is he going to do? And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to focus too much on uh, The Last Jedi uh, because I think people have skewered that movie, um, you know, enough. It's whenever you criticize the, The Last Jedi now, it's almost like beating a dead horse. But um, suffice it to say... What I was initially, like, kind of expecting in my head for, um, The Last Jedi was way different from the reality. Like, I, like, have you guys ever done the thing where, like, you envision what a sequel to a movie might be? You know, like where you kind of play out like a potential sequel in your head for a movie. I did that with the, uh, you know, with like the, with like The Last Jedi. And it played out way differently than what I was expecting. Um, Like, for instance, I wasn't expecting Luke to be gung-ho, you know, about going back with Ray, right? I was kind of expecting that, like, at first he would be initially hesitant to go back, uh, you know, and that they would dive into that, you know, which they did in The Last Jedi, but, like, I wasn't expecting emo Luke Skywalker. Like, I, I was I was expecting it would be, like, the first act he would be mopey, you know, and then the second act he would kind of get back you know, together, and we would see him, like, in some really cool lightsaber battles, and, you know, we, we would, we would see the Luke Skywalker that we all came to know and love, uh, you know, and then by the third act, like, I would expect that, I was kind of, you know, expecting that they, that they might kill him off, but I was, I was almost expecting, um, you know, him and Kyle Run to be, like, in a huge lightsaber battle, and that, like, Kylo Ren would kill off Luke in, like, an epic lightsaber battle, but, like, you know, Luke would go down 
you know, fighting and it would be epic and not really what we got, which was, you know, him just like using the last of his energy and then like, you know, dying on that abandoned, you know, Jedi temple planet, uh, you know, like lonely and sad and depressed and milking, you know, space emus or, you know, whatever he was farming, um, you know, like I said, last Last Jedi was a huge disappointment, um, and it it really killed the uh, you know it really killed the 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 momentum. It it really did. Um, so at this point ladies and gentlemen I guess now would be the time I would that I would say uh, you know spoilers are ahead so um, you know if 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 spoilers aren't your thing if you haven't seen this movie yet uh, I you know I encourage you to probably fast forward about like you know 20 minutes or so uh, you know unless you're watching this during the live premiere. Uh, you know, click away, but at this point, you've been warned that, uh, you know, spoilers are ahead, so, you know, if you can't watch, click away and, uh, come back later, and if you really don't, if you've seen it, stick around, and, you know, if you don't care about spoilers either, then, you know, oh well, but, um, I will say this, um, well, first off, let me, uh, start off by, let me start off by, sh by sharing with you what I thought J.J. Abrams did well, and I thought this movie did well, and it's not a lot, but I do want to start off this review of The Last Jedi kind of positive, or no, of, of The Rise of Skywalker positive, and, uh, so, let me start off. As far as the acting goes, I, th I've always thought that Daisy Ridley, and, uh, Adam Driver, And, uh, you know, basically, the whole cast and crew did really well with what they had to work with, the actors, right? Considering that they, considering that they had, that they had, like, a really, you know, crappy script and basically bad direction in The Last Jedi, you know, they were only as good as the material for The Last Jedi, right? And so when they had to come back and do The Rise of Skywalker, right? The actors and actresses, they did a good job with what they were given, but what they were given wasn't that great uh, to begin with, right? 
So the acting was good considering what they were forced to work with. Um, I'll say that, you know, seeing Harrison Ford come back and talk to Ben uh, in that, you know, redemptive moment kind of, uh, you know, some people want to say that's, that, that's just Kyle Ren's, you know, conscience or, you know, did Han come back as a forced ghost? You know, who knows? The reality is, is that scene between Han and Ben, between Harrison Ford and Adam Driver, it was touching, and that was a good moment in the movie. Undeniably so, in my opinion. Uh, I Surprisingly enough, I do feel like J.J. was able to do a good job with Kylo Ren's arc, so to speak. Like, Kylo Ren is one of the only characters, surprisingly, in this entire saga of movies out of the three that we've had that I felt like actually had a decent, you know, arc. Again, it wasn't, you know, perfect, but, like, again, given the fact that they really messed up everything up in, you know, The Last Jedi... Uh, JJ was able to salvage him a bit um, in Rise of Skywalker, right? Because, I mean, technically, he did rise up and come back as a Skywalker, too. Uh, you know, and then he ended up dying along with, you know, Leia at the end. And by the way, that, that, was, that was another thing. Uh, initially... I was pissed off that they actually brought, uh, you know, Kara Fisher back and CGI'd her uh, for episode nine. I was, I was always kind of hoping that they would write her out of the, you know, of the movie and kind of like write her death, you know, on screen, you know, with the whole uh, title credits roll like that was I that was what I was expecting they were going to do and I thought that that would be the best you know for what they wanted to do with Carrie but uh I guess they had footage of her like they had filmed some scenes for episode nine back when they filmed episode eight as well I I don't know how that worked but bottom line Kara Fisher did make an appearance uh you know in Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Her performance was, you know, her performance was really good. Uh, You know, and again, rest in peace, uh, you know, Princess Leia. Um, The way they dealt with Princess Leia's, you know, death, kind of her sacrifice, um, it felt, it did feel moving and it, I do feel it was a good send-off for the character, and in, in a way, it was kind of a sweet memoriam of sorts for uh, 
you know, care, care for, uh, you know, carry herself, I felt. So that was a plus in the movie. And then I liked seeing Lando Calrissian and it was good to see, you know, that Billy D. Williams still has that charm. Uh, but those are basically my, you know, that's basically the end of my, uh, you know, compliments list for, uh, you know, the movie. As far as what my complaints are, where to begin? Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, start off with the fact that they brought Palpatine back, right? Even when I heard that this was happening, and even when I, even when they confirmed that Palpatine was coming back in the trailer for, uh, you know, the Rise of Skywalker, um... That was one of those uh, literal, let me try and pull, let me try and pull this uh, up because I honestly, folks, was not happy when I heard that they were bringing back Palpatine. Let me, let me tell you, Uh, let me see here. Uh... Darth. Okay. I don't have this on soundboard, but but uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. You guys know what I'm going to pull up. Uh, That was pretty much my reaction lately, it isn't... In fact, let me keep this up uh, here for a bit. But that was pretty much my reaction to, uh, you know, them bringing back Emperor Palpatine. They did not need to bring Palpy back. And I love Ian McDermott as Emperor Palpatine. He's a great he's a great villain. I love I love Emperor Palpatine. Yes, I even love Emperor Pal- Palpatine and Darth Sidious in episode three. I get that he's super campy in that movie, but I don't care. You know, Ian McDermott, that whole I am the Senate thing, that is it's great. He just He's a great villain, um, but them bringing uh, Palpatine back 
completely defeats the purpose of Anakin's redemption in episode six. That is perhaps my biggest uh, problem with uh, this movie. Now, from what... I'm not necessarily faulting J.J. Abrams for that either. Not completely. I'm going to give J.J. Abrams the benefit of the doubt here and say that he probably most likely had plans to do something with the Snoke character in episode 8. Like, I imagine that if he had done Last Jedi instead of Ryan Johnson, we would have actually gotten something substantial about the Snoke character rather than the red herring that he turned out to be. Right? Obviously, Ryan Johnson screwed the pooch on Snoke. A lot of people feel that way. Again, I don't want to be the last, the last Jedi to death because plenty of people have done that. But let's be honest, it wasn't that great. With Episode Nine, they could have done other things other than. Um, bring back Palpatine. Right? I wouldn't have minded, and I'm being serious about this, they, they could have, um, they could have made, like, a whole new, you know, Sith character, uh, that was kind of like the Sith Emperor from the old, you know, from the old Republic, era of, of games they could have used Darth you know like maybe they could have plucked Darth Revan out of the EU out of the expanding universe and used him uh, you know as like a villain right but them using Palpatine honestly was a slap in the face you know for those of us who you know grew up watching one through six or, you know, in my case, watching, you know, four through six and then one, you know, through three in order. Um, those six movies, you know, episodes one through six is all about the, the life story of Anakin Skywalker his rise to become a Jedi, his fall in episode three, and then ultimately his redemption, uh, you know, in legacy in episode six. Um, and like a lot of people, I was hoping, you know, that maybe we would get Hayden Christensen to come back for you know, episode nine, and we, and we we would see an, maybe like an epic lightsaber battle between Force, you know, between Force Ghost, you know, Anakin and Emperor Palpatine, right? Like, that's the one thing from the Ryan Johnson, you know, disaster of 
episode eight, you know, he made Force Ghosts able to fight or something like that. And JJ could have used that in Rise of Skywalker to bring back Anakin and like have there be like a a once and for all battle. But no, the way he the way they handled, you know, uh that fu- that final battle with uh you know with Ray like getting the life essence of all of the Jedi, you know, of the movies and like just defeating Palpatine it it really uh you know, just now like now. That that's all I have to say to say about that. Like and I'm not one of these people that like cries Mary Sue a lot, but come on. Like Yoda couldn't defeat Palpatine. Uh Mace Windu couldn't defeat Palpatine. Uh you know, Anakin was the only one Anakin Skywalker was the only one who, you know, defeated Palpatine. Uh, you know, as Darth Vader, and admittedly, that's because that's only because Vader literally snuck up on you know Palpatine and threw him down the Death Star incinerator and killed him allegedly. And and, and that's the other thing too is how the hell hell did Palpatine uh, survive? Right? How how did he how did he survive? That was the first thing that they should have explained in the movie. Oh, but but they'll they'll explain in the EU they'll they'll explain they'll explain in the uh, new expanded universe or they'll explain in in season 2 of the Mandalorian or something like that. Um Okay. Good. What about the people who don't, you know, read Star Wars novels or have a Disney Plus subscription or care about the Mandalorian or anything like that. Like, this is the problem with Star Wars now is, like, the expanding universe that I grew up with, they were, they were fun books, and they were fun stories, like, you know, told through video games, and, you know, all the extra content and whatnot, but, but they were also completely optional, right? It was like bonus material, you know. It was it was like fun added material to to the Star Wars universe, but it, it wasn't necessary um, in order to understand the you know main plot of the of the six movies. Um, now Disney wants you know, the tie-ins and whatnot, obviously, uh, you know, they want everything to be, you know, connected together, you know, in order to, to make money. It's, it's obviously a money grab and I don't mind that necessarily, but don't make it mandatory for content. Like just have it be fun bonus content. Like, you know, like, uh, you know the original EU was, and don't make the t- all of the tie-ins mandatory to explain 
you know, the movies. Um, but that's, that's where we're at, sadly. So, um, so yeah, overall, I mean, and even, even with that opening, you know, title sequence, I, I even said on, on, you know, Facebook, basically my biggest complaint was the whole, you know, basically the whole story plot with them, like bringing back Palpatine and the way in which they introduced him and whatnot. The whole plot seemed like a really, you know, like badly written Star Wars fan fiction, to be honest. I don't know how else to explain it, and I'm, I'm, but, you know, honestly, like, I could have, I could have, that was the level of a Star Wars story that I might have written when I was, like, eight years old, ten years old. You know, like, I can't even remember what the what the exact title crawl was, but it was something like, you know, the diabolical Darth Sidious is, you know, back, Emperor Palpatine. Like, the whole plot from beginning to end was just, it was badly written fan fiction. And, uh, you know, it, it was a shame. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose that J.J., you know, he he was doing damage control from the last Jedi for this uh, movie, the the Rise of Skywalker. But you know, in essence, it it wasn't really the Rise of Skywalker. It was more or less the whimper of Skywalker. You know, the end of Skywalker. So very, uh, you know, just overall, you know, very disappointing. I admire the effort, but it was just. It was disappointing at the end of the day. I'm sad to say. Now, you know, in terms of stuff that I do like, let's let me switch back over to the to the camera. So, you know, those are my thoughts basically for um Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. Again, in conclusion, they did a... They did a good job with what they had trying to salvage, you know, from the mistake that was The Last Jedi, but it, it was still kind of a dismal, uh, you know, effort. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it wasn't great either. Uh, you know, now, in terms of good Star Wars stuff. Let me pull up here. Uh, the It's the Mandalorian. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, boy. Okay, the Mandalorian, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's see. Open Im image, new tab. Yes, that's exactly. That is exactly what I want. Okay, folks. 
Uh, let's chat about the Mandalorian, shall we? Uh, big surprise at how good this show is. Uh, I mentioned that before on previous podcasts, but I'll say again, I'm really surprised with how much I like the show, and it definitely adds to the, uh, you know, to the worthwhileness of Disney+. Plus. Um, but here we are, the, the Mandalorian. Um, obviously, it's not perfect, but they did a pretty good job with creating an, an entirely new character, uh, you know, really that we shouldn't have cared, cared about you know, by all accounts and odds. And they made a really good anti-hero uh, with, you know, with like a really compelling storyline. Um, basically, John Fav- Favreau and Dave Filoni um, really took the Mandalorian and the whole concept of what it means to be a Mandalorian, brought it to life, uh, you know, gave it an old gave it like an old west uh you know spin and they've just run with it and yeah it's not perfect but it's fun to watch and obviously baby baby yoda is adorable and yeah it's obvious that disney is milking that for all it's worth it's not perfect as apex gamma mentioned uh you know it's obvious that like you know the mandalorian's ship is you know getting raided almost every episode and he needs a car alarm on that thing and they use that as like a plot device you know constantly i get that that's annoying but overall it's been a lot more consistent than the movies and you know maybe that's part of it too like the mandalorian might not be that great i guess one could argue but the movies are so bad now that, like, the Mandalorian, it, you know, seems awesome by comparison. Um, you know, the, the stories, yeah, they've been, they've been pretty, like, generic kind of Western, you know, in space, but they're fun to watch. Uh, I will say this, Pedro Pascal, I love him as an actor. He's, like, one of my new favorite actors. Uh, loved him in Narcos, loved him in Game of Thrones. Um, I haven't seen like too much of his other stuff, but I, you know, like my favorite role of his is in Narcos. And then I really have to admit that he did a, that Pedro Pascal did a really good job, um, in The Mandalorian. He conveys like a lot of emotion, um, considering that he wears, the helmet basically the whole entire season you know except from for maybe like 30 seconds during one shot of the finale but uh you know other than that he's pretty good as i said the the baby yoda um you know probably is cute and i mean my my i guess if there's one thing i have to really kind of complain about with the mandalorian it's gina carano uh the you know the the mixed martial artist. Obviously, like, she and Ronda Rousey are both fighters, and they really shouldn't be acting. Um, you know, so it, 
she just doesn't really, she can't really act and it shows, but, you know, maybe if, if they do bring her back for season two, like, maybe she'll do a bit better, um, I'm certainly hope, hoping, you know, for that, uh, Carl Weathers, aka Apollo Creed, is, you know, amazing, it's, it's cool that he's part of the Star Wars universe now, and, uh, you know, he's amazing, uh, Bill Burr, as, uh, you know, that one bounty hunter, as Alan Powell mentioned, Bill Burr, it was cool seeing him in The Mandalorian, especially, you know, considering that he's not, like, a big science fiction fan, but it was cool for those of us who are not only Star Wars fans, but are also Bill Burr fans, um, and whatnot, so, um, I think The Mandalorian was a really strong start to Disney's, uh, you know, Star Wars TV series, and it just goes to show that, you know, like, as long as you get, as long as you get, like, decent writing in there, and, you know, decent, like, you know, writers, and decent screenplays, uh, Disney can make good Star Wars, you know, productions, when they really set their minds to it, it just depends on who they get to, basically write the material, and John Favreau, and, uh, Dave Filoni, they have the credits, and they're really doing a good job, so props to them, and, uh, I think The Mandalorian is really good, so, uh, I'm anxious to see what season two brings, hopefully, hopefully it will be, um, you know, as good as season one, hopefully, you know, if, if, hopefully season season two will be, you know, good and not be the last Jedi of, uh, you know, of Star Wars TV shows. That would be a shame. Um, I'm also very excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that they're going to be putting out on Disney Plus. That will be exciting. And, uh, you know, overall, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping that they continue to, uh, you know, take the Star Wars franchise, more in the direction of, um, you know, the Mandalorian and the less in the direction of The Last Jedi and whatnot. And I'm sure that many of you guys uh, feel the same way as well. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this episode of the uh, Whitfield Report. So, as I mentioned, I want to thank you all for joining me. And uh, thank you for hanging in there with me for this uh, review of uh, the the series. I really uh, enjoyed chatting about this with you. I understand that it was a little bit all over the place, but uh, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. And uh, thank you for watching, guys. I really appreciate it and are listening on the podcast. I will be back uh, Saturday 10 p.m. Eastern on the live stream, so be sure to tune in for that. Sunday, uh, you know, Sunday morning, if you're listening to this on the podcast, that's when the uh, Saturday show, when the audio version gets posted uh, of the live show, I post the audio podcast the next day of the live show, and so you will, uh, you know, be able to listen to the Saturday show on Sunday, and, uh, yeah, 
So anyway, folks, uh, as I mentioned before, thank you very much for uh, listening. God bless and God save this great nation. God freedom on casino in that order. And may the force be with you. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show. You can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated, even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast. I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.